Hello, welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of One Piece. Join my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Hey, everyone. Today, we're finishing Indy's Lobby, covering up through chapter 430, right? Yeah. Uh, last episode, we covered the start of Indy's Lobby, which went we went all the way up through Robin's flashback. So if you maybe missed it, probably want to check it out. A lot of really good discussion from that episode. Oh, yeah. And it was just a real ride. The whole, even the first half, man, I mean, yeah. it was mainly the flashback was what we were discussing. Yeah. It was mainly about Robin. But it was it was fun. It was a good build up to there. We got to talk a little bit about, we did talk about Gear Second. That popped out today. Obviously, mm-hmm. we get to discuss how Jacob feels about Gear Third. <laughs> and all the, the rest of the arc's climax. The whole bunch of action, mm-hmm. really. There's Lots a lot of, of action. Actually, a lot of power-ups, which I'm curious to get your your take yeah there's a lot of just kind of out of nowhere to be totally honest Mm -hmm. power-ups yeah i try to hold back on discussing my first impressions from the last part because the main focus was obviously going to be robin and in the second half she's still the focus but we definitely have a more more sparse spread out focus on each of the straw hats and like you said the different power-ups and power differences so i'm excited for that but i also didn't expect such a sucker punch from a manga at the very end of this. We'll get to it when we get to it, but holy uh, shit, a yeah. sucker punch right in the right in the feels. Oh, I did not <laughs> expect that at all, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, I just wanted to say that. Um, we did forget something last episode. I felt like we did a pretty good job talking about all these thematic elements leading up to Robin's moment, but we forgot to mention like the very first thing that happened in the first chapter, which was... Frankie reassuring to Robin that it's not a sin to exist. Starting off, right, the channel events like this is going to be the theme going on. Did we, did we actually kind of miss important. that quote? What was that? Did we miss that quote? Uh, we forgot to bring it up. I think we oh, mentioned okay. it. That I think someone we, else might have said that. It must have been in the in the pre-show that we talked about it. Maybe <laughs> I also I think I also remember that in the one of the flashbacks, uh, she remembered a like like an asshole telling her you existing as a sin but at the very beginning of the arc frank was telling her existing is not a sin right and this is coming from him where it's about you know being proud of what you are and what you've done so yeah well let's sense. just let's just jump right into it while we're here let's talk about oh, yeah. frankie well while, while oh, yes here. yeah yes the, <laughs> what, the, what are you the, the person who's totally not gonna be the next straw hat he still isn't officially at this right. point, this but god damn it. Where we are, yeah. <laughs> it's not officially, but it's like 99.9999 reoccurring that he's going to be a straw hat at this point. He I opens up. going to have to raffle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he starts off. <laughs> he starts off this arc with such a big ball move where he reveals that quite literally he had the plans in him like he's a cyborg, right? And when CP9 was, like, looking at the Straw Hats, he had a moment to, like, have, like, the moment where it's like, oh, you want this? And he pulls out this old, aging, old booklet that's in the language, right? The ancient language. And he's like, you want, like, he's doing the the Palpatine thing, right? Where he's like, you want this, don't you? (laughs) And then Spandam, of course, is just not caring. He's just like, give it, give it, give it, like a spoiled little brat. But there's a great moment. (laughs) Hate him. (laughs) It's so but it's so fun to hate this guy because <laughs> he's such a douchebag. But Frankie has a great moment where it again because they reassure that it, that he and Iceberg's job 
was to keep the plans in case Robin, you know, was doing was creating wep- the ancient weapons for the government and their blueprint was going to be a counter to that, right? To abide by the ancient engineers uh, plans or the ancient people's, you know, defense mechanism, their deterrence. And he saw through the actions of Robin, that declaration, right? And he goes, okay. And I know for a fact, these straw hats are a tough bunch that aren't going to give up. And Robin's allegiance is clear. So I'm going to do something that I feel like is a big wager, but I feel like it's a wager. I can win this. And he fucking torches it right there in front of cp9 and the looks on cp9's face were like that's, that's a five-year job gone to waste i'm just like yeah fuck you all yeah, right. <laughs> yeah such a great you know such a great moment it was like i'm taking a bet here but i'm betting on the straw hats winning this and i'm just like i bet you would future maybe straw hat i don't know <laughs> frank is a great guy um but that basically sets off the series of events where the straw hats start splitting up again going through the the Tower of Law, I think it's called. Yeah. Where they split up and start fighting their own individual people. Like, we've been down this road before. They each have their own little pair-ups and matchups. Yeah, we're, we're in the climactic section of oh, almost yeah. every arc. Mm-hmm. Some of them are a bit creative. Like, there's a part where Usopp and Zoro are handcuffed for a bit, so it that's the reason why <laughs> their fight is on hold, right? Because they're tr- just on the run. Rather than actually fighting, because obviously Zoro can't fight the best with Zoro <laughs> with Usopp. Oh, sorry, I, I not remember Usopp. In... I don't know why I said Usopp. Sorry, Sniper King. Yes, Usopp's not not in this arc yet. He's yeah, oh, of he he was in the very beginning on the sea trip. The very beginning, and he mm-hmm. he reappears at the end. So of course, sorry. Fine. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> did uh, I, I I have a a very distinct memory of the anime of this. It mm-hmm. might have even been the dub. It's been a long time. But did Zoro give Usopp? A really stupid sword name. I think he did. I did not write it down. I, I think he I didn't did. pay enough attention as I was like reading through it this time. But I know in Th- some form of this scene there was mm. you know that happening. He named Usopp like was it nose nose something. I I really don't remember. <laughs> I, dang, I, did I forgot. Not write but it whatever down. version of <laughs> of this scene that is in, I, I like that a lot, and I thought that was a really funny moment there. <laughs> just like yeah. in such dire straits like they're facing two pretty strong members of cp9 he's got usopp chained onto his arm and yeah zoro's making so, jokes it reminds me of the i know how much we hate it but the little garden thing when he's about to get whacked so he just strikes the cool pose you know oh yeah like he just embraces <laughs> like oh look i'm in the situation right now let me just go with it <laughs> like, if if gonna, gonna be a I'm sword you're gonna have a badass name so yeah <laughs> if i'm gonna go out i'm gonna do the by the sword gesture from dark souls <laughs> Um, but yeah, so what I did like about, like, before we get a bit more specific in some of the fights, like what we liked and disliked, I do like what this arc introduced a little bit more, and I hope they do more in the future, which is tag-ins and tag-outs, where, oh, this straw hat is fighting this enemy, but it's their counter, they don't do well, here, tag-in, you come in my place, I'll tag on your guy, yeah. right? We get a little bit of that here, but not not intentionally so, but more like on accident. Like, I remember uh, Nami starts off against uh, Kumidori, the hair guy, and then that ends up being passed on to Chopper while right. Nami deals with Khalifa after Sanja can take care of her. So, like, again, like little things like that, but I hope in the future we see much more of that, because, again, I love the tag team aspect of the fights. It adds to the creativity. So, yeah, and it's also, we talked about it 
maybe maybe most prominently in Arlong Park. We're talking about how Oda does the pieces and they kind of move around in logical ways and mm-hmm. on at least a basic level you understand where everyone is. So when yeah. they're doing like these rotations that kind of come into contact with each other, it feels really I guess natural is the word. And yeah. I do like it as well. I like it a lot. Like I liked Frankie was doing some good rotations. He went around and he's like, oh, let me go back and see if I can go help the reindeer guy. Then he found mm-hmm. Chopper, ended up really saving him by converting, you know, reverting him out of his, his monster point, which is also. Oh, yes. The, an the crazy power up. <laughs> yeah. Another power the, up that the, happened. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's actually the highlight of all the transformations because that was the one I really did like a lot. The I other ones, I'm mixed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, how like, did you wanna... I like Gear Second. I will say that. Yeah, Gear 2nd is entertaining, definitely. Gear 3 is ridiculous fun, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I was actually going to ask you, how did you want to go through these individual fights real quick? Because I have it written down as by key number that each one had. So I had, like, Zoro versus Kaku at number 5, right? Because I uh, had right. key number 5. Want to just do number the key numbers just real quick? Whatever, whatever works. Whatever you want to do. Okay. okay. So Zoro versus Kaku. This was after, um, after a series of hijinks happens, and they free... Because obviously we're not going in chronological order, by the way. So if you read yeah, or watch the anime, it's not. This is not going to be an order. This is just for the convenience of us in some <laughs> in some order. Because again, they switch and they switch in and out of fighters. So I have it here, like okay, this is where it finishes with each pairing, and then what yeah, key number they have. So on um, the final matchups. Yeah. So and obviously at number one, I have the the finale of Luchi and uh, Luffy. We'll get to that eventually. So number five, we have I think that one's Z- for last. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Zoro versus Kaku, and this was very interesting just because <laughs> Kaku is just getting so much shit throughout this arc because he and Khalifa just ate devil fruits as gifts for their good job, well done. Oh and yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. What I thought was yeah. interesting just to note here in that same scene when uh, what's his name? Oh, Jabra? Jabra. No. Jabra, the, 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 wolf, the guy? wolf guy? Jabra, yeah, wolf guy. Right? Jabra. Yeah, he said he was afraid of the devil fruits because he mm. himself had already eaten one. And there was some kind of rumor, myth, legend, etc. Don't know. About, mm. he thought if he got close to the devil fruit, he would explode or something or die. But I think, was it Rob Lucci that said no, only if you eat a second one? Mm, okay. You can get near it. You can't eat it. And then he's like, yeah, oh, they, cool, let me get a closer look. And he runs up. Yeah. <laughs> check it out. Yeah. They established the world building that, yeah, even though we people know of the devil fruit, they it's still a most of it's still a mystery for the most part of like how exactly can we push this? Because I'm not gonna risk it. Like I ate devil fruit, but I'm not gonna eat a second one or get it close to one. So you get that paranoia realism factor mixed in with the actual world building of the facts. So that was a nice little moment. Yeah, because it's like that question is I'm sure, like, if as you're reading along, it's kind of been in the back of some readers' heads, like, just, yeah. you know, what, kind of what, vaguely, what like, can you eat more than one devil fruit? Mm-hmm. And here we, we finally got our, maybe, concrete answer. Seems like, no, you can't, or you, mm-hmm. you'll die. Absolutely not. You, you're stuck with what you got. Get used to it. But it Kaku. also seems like there's a lot of <laughs> kind of misinformation about devil fruits, because Jabra is a, a government agent, and even he didn't know the specifics, which is interesting. Yeah, that's why I mentioned that paranoia factor where it's still a mystery for the most part. It's still a mystery. And that's adds to the interest of the world where it's like, yeah, it's not necessarily a new thing, but because it's so powerful and dangerous, we still don't know everything about it. 
we get a little bit more extra detail right there, as you mentioned, about don't eat a second one. But it's also like, okay, but that's with a human. I'm thinking, what about a sword? Because apparently you can feed a sword a devil fruit now. I don't know how that works. But what if you fed right. the yeah, sword? Yeah, we saw more and more of that now. We have yeah, the dog so or the inanimate dog, object. The yep, the elephant e sword. Mm -hmm. So if you feed an inanimate object to devil fruits, what is that? How does that work? Right? Does it just vaporize into thin air? That doesn't seem like it would work. Yeah. But I mean, maybe that's... it also explodes. Good <laughs> question. Yeah. Question for the future. Maybe it cancels each other out. Like maybe because the sword became an elephant. I'm talking about Spandam's sword here, by the way. If you feed that sword because it has now the senses of an elephant, because it was the elephant elephant fruit, what if it just cancels each other out and then it just becomes a regular sword again? Because in essence, the elephant dies. I don't know. Because mm -hmm. the same thing with Chopper, right? Because he no, because uh, never mind. Because that was a reindeer eating a human human fruit. Those are both living things. Never mind. Yeah, I was he started thinking, out as a living being already. So yeah. Yeah, stick, stick to the sword. Stick to the sword. The, the question time. is, how does really we're talking about like things that we don't know how they eat, quote unquote, mm -hmm. or consume these devil fruits? I guess you impale the sword with the devil fruit. I guess, and that counts. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I like how we're more interested Maybe? in the semantics of how does Maybe? it work. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm do, very curious about how it works. I'm not gonna lie. To do you, you detach the sword from the hilt and you put the the fruit in between, so it's like the heart of the sword? Is it like that? Can you just stab the fruit with the sword? <laughs> like all these little questions. Yeah. I actually, I bet you actually, I'll find the answer later on. But either way, um, yeah, it just brings up that interesting little world building. And I'm sure Kaku would like to know too, because I'm sure, even though he says over and over again, I like <laughs> this flower. I like yeah. this fruit. I look cool. It's fine. We know he's not fine. <laughs> I love that aspect of his character. Yeah, because Jabra is giving him shit for it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, just like, Jabra just constantly, literally laughing his ass off because mm -hmm. Kaku got stuck with like a terrible devil fruit. Let's be honest. But it's funny though because yeah, so it's funny because even though it makes him look ridiculous because his clothes aren't stretching like you know like the usual Hulk figures or anything, it's just like he looks it looks embarrassing. It still feels like he's almost a perfect match for Zoro in this case of like fighters to fight Zoro because he has reach because he uses right. the extension of his limbs to and he still fights with his usual swords and he uses his neck as well as like his what's it called it like his head cannon his giraffe cannon I forget what he calls it but yeah I think it was with a nose cannon yeah and there's a part where he's still learning his powers like I thought that was a weird overlook but at the same time it's like actually it's not an overlook that's just the arrogance of the world government I would say in this case where it's like you know that the Straw Hats are about to come at you and you're feeding them Devil Fruit right now before they can even get used to their powers and master it. But it's also like, well, the world government wouldn't expect them to get that far. So yeah, of course they'd feed them right now. Right. So, <laughs> but either way, Kaku's just going through that shit. It's hilarious. Um, There's a, a couple of great one-liners, but the, one I, the two that I wrote down were when Zoro brings out the bandana. Everyone knows that's when, that's the hype yes. mode, right? Yeah, I got hyped as well. Yeah, that Kaku was like almost breaking the fourth wall, asking a fan question of like, does the bandana actually make you stronger? Yeah, and Zoro's so just like, like well, we'll let's find, find out. out. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, I like yes. that moment a lot too. It's very tongue in cheek, but mm -hmm. it, it yeah, landed right for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about. Does Zoro also get a new mode? He has a part where he looks like he gets the Popeye wrists like at some new... point. His gorilla oh, arms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the gorilla. So, knee gorilla something? Two gorillas? Yeah, and, 
I'm not arms. sure if that's just supposed to up his strength or something, but he does that during this fight. I thought that was kind of interesting. Where I, it's like... I think it pretty decisively did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, give him a little temporary strength buff. And at the... Interesting. Yeah, and at the same time, I'm still thinking, like, of all the powers we've seen so far, this is, like, the least, like, out there where I'm like, okay, cool. Stronger arms, temporarily. All right. <laughs> just swing your arms a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Just, just do the Popeye thing where you just blow on your thumb and then, or you do the uh, the anchor arms thing from SpongeBob where you just throw, blow on your thumb and your biceps just get bigger and bigger a little bit. I mean, <laughs> that's temporary. what Luffy does. The Luffy blows exactly. his thumb. Yeah, that's the Popeye. Well, yeah, the recurring theme of like, just blow into your hand and your arm gets bigger. Um, uh, I really appreciate that reference also as yeah. in One Piece itself. Like, that was great. Mm-hmm. And Kaku does have a had a cool looking attack where it was like his whiplash where it looked like his head was moving around so fast that he looked like a Hydra from a Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, Greek mythology. Sorry, I don't know if I stuttered there. And you know, Zoro had to fight him like the swordsman of the Greek legends. Uh, of course, Zoro beats it out, and he ends the fight with, "Oh, by the way, a message from Polly. You guys are fired. Great way to end it." And then Kaku was just like, "Oh, what a shame." <laughs> what did you think good. of the his move Ashura? That's the big uh, one that people try to break down and understand. So I wasn't sure if that was literal or like kind of like an illusion kind of thing because he literally has extra arms and extra swords. So right. I'm like, is this like an illusion thing? But I was thinking, <laughs> first off, knows. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> at this and point, I, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, who knows at this point? Because I'm just like, it's Zoro. Who knows? Um. If anyone can eat two devil fruit and live, it's probably Zoro. Um, big fact. I got I got a big Asura's Wrath vibe, that old Xbox 360 game that had a horrible launch from Capcom. But, like, the same guy who had, like, the multiple arms behind him, and he just grew out more arms the more angry he got. So oh, I'm just yeah, thinking, yeah. like, well, that's kind of like Zoro right now. He's get, he, he was really pissed. He was bloodthirsty early on. Um, So maybe. Uh, I'm just going along for the ride at the point. No major thoughts on that power, but I did write it down. Yeah. Where I'm just like, yeah, we'll keep That's an eye on it. That's pretty much what the, everyone was talking about. Like, was it literal? Was it real? What's going on? I have no idea yeah. what's happened. It looked cool, but yeah. <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on? I'll, it'll have to be a moment where we have to see him do that power, and he's cutting through, like, a very clear object, and then the next panel shows how many slashes it has. That would be right. That nice would be, like, the, that, that would be the proof right there. But in this case, it's more like maybe he had multiple arms that counteract the, the whiplash move that I mentioned earlier, where he just looked like he had multiple heads. So we'll see. Overall, good fight. No complaints from me. Uh, Zoro be Zoro, right? Yeah, Zoro gonna Zoro. Yeah. Uh, number four, key number four I had is Frankie versus Fukuro. Fukuro being the uh, the big mouth with the zipper literally because he can't shut the hell up. Yeah. And it starts off pre. It's basically the most of the fight is very comedic because throughout this fight, mm -hmm. um. He's dealing with uh, Chopper at the same time, because, again, the, the tag team system kind of going on. Um, where it first starts off, it's just a punch contest, where literally uh, Fukuro punches Frankie, Frankie punches punches uh, Fukuro, and they're just, like, going, oh, you're weak, no, you're weak. And they're just literally having, like, a punching contest, so they're just standing there and taking it. <laughs> like, just punch, punch, punch. So it starts off like, okay, great, great start. But they mentioned that Frankie's running low on fuel, then... Chop. We learn that right more character building, not like, not like development, like the the juicy stuff I like, but more clarification. Like, how does Frankie's body work? Where Chopper has a moment where he's trying to lock one the dude he's fighting in the fridge, 
but Frankie's like, hey, I need some cola. I'm running low on my fumes. Yeah, he, he, he succeeds at tra- trapping the fridge, right? And then <laughs> yeah. Frankie comes in like, hey, I need some of that <laughs> yeah. coke. So, and then Frankie goes, hey, Ranger Man, I need uh, I need some cola, or I need, some, I need something to drink. And then Chopper, just thinking, oh, he just wants something to drink, not specifically cola. He first throws him some vegetable juice, and then he goes into, like, full, like, hippie-friendly mode, where he's just like, oh, just chill and relax, man. No, no wait, no, that's the tea one, sorry. Was, um, was that the tea? No, the tea was the, the like the like the gentleman, right? Like yeah, the and then the ju- and then the juice was he had his hair changed, and then he still tried to punch, but it had no power at all. Right. I guess. I guess was and that a, it was that a cap towards vegans? I don't know, but <laughs> either, <laughs> either way, it's a it's a hilarious exchange because we learned that okay, quite literally, Frankie designed his body to be fueled by cola, literally, because when he gets the cola, he wins the fight quite easily with a strong hammer move and. But yeah. it basically turns the tide, right? But I thought that exchange was really great because it was, you know, the little exchange between Chopper and Frankie. Because Chopper was fascinated by it, too, where he's like, oh, wait, you're actually affected by the different liquids? And then Frankie's like, hey, focus, give me the cola. <laughs> right. So I just had that little thing. Um, yeah, that was a good the, moment. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fight gets so hectic that they actually almost, like, get washed up and get thrown outside. And you think that Frankie's about to, like, fall to his death. But he has a great... Mortal Kombat reference, and I knew he, Oda was going to do this at some point, where he shoots out his hand, he grabs Fukuro, and he yells yeah. out, Get over here! <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Frankie, I love you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a real good character. Um, and then he finishes off that fight with a coup d'event. Like, he basically just has air cannon moves. Right. Um, Frankie has some of the craziest transformation forms, but they make sense <laughs> in the sense that it's cyborg logic, right? Where it's like, oh, it's robot. He, he just transform. Don't yeah. question it. It makes sense. Like this one, he turns his shoulders into cannons. And he's like, oh, I have uh, tracking ammunition or like tracking ammo. And it's this Robert's like, really? How? And then he just literally chases after Fukuro. Yeah. Like just running at him <laughs> while the shoulders are firing. Up. Again, this fight is really funny. Like I had a blast going through these little moments here. And just like we kind of, we could see a different side of Frankie really here. Mm-hmm. And it's a little goofier, a little more absurd, but but I liked it. Yeah, you know, I we liked got a little side of Frankie as well. Yeah, we got a little bit of the ridiculousness when he used the the horse form. I think it was the the, the right. four leg form against the uh, guy on the train. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was like, no, this guy has a sense of humor. I'll, I'll going with this, so it ends the fight. He defeats Fukuro and he gets key number four. Again, no complaints. Really funny. Great solid fight. But so far, nothing that really stands out as like, oh, man, this was such a cool thing that really stood out to me. Nothing yet, right? Like, this is Frankie's, I think, second real fight that we've seen so far, but it's hilarious. So, again, if he ends up doing the Straw Hats, which I'm very sure he is, if these are his fights in the future, then it's like, okay, we get a different type of comedic fighting. Whereas, Mm. um, you know... After all, we need someone to replace Usopp's comedic fighting. So Frankie would be right, a good kill for right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it true. It hurts. Um, but the reason why I brought up the unique fights or like anything that stands out is the next one is Chopper versus Kumadori for key number three. And this one starts off like a usual Chopper fight where Chopper is the underdog, mm-hmm. where... He's getting beaten so far. He's doing a lot of the internal logic thinking that you brought up in Alabasta that I'm actually glad you did because it really stuck out even more in this one 
when he's by himself now, he's not with Usopp. So he's literally thinking for himself. And it's like, this is how he fights. He's yeah. constantly debating what's the best move, what's going on. A more traditional shonen fighter. And he does basically like a, a level three super. And it doesn't work against Kumidori. Kumidori just gets right back up. And by the way, a little side note about Kumidori. Is this guy a drama queen or is it me? <laughs> oh, no. He's a... totally a drama queen. Okay. Because like his a... gag, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. Because there was a moment where he could have actually finished off Nami before the fight even started. But he was going on a whole like monologue about well, like he, his he's family. A kabuki. He's like a kabuki actor. That's the whole, like, even his appearance looks like he has, like, the wide-out face and everything, right? And he's, like, That really explains dramatic. the look. That is, okay, like, the joke of his character, yeah. That explains I, the I look, then. I okay. that context, right? I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. It's, like, but... kind of like the zipper mouth guy, right? And he's, like, can't shut mm-hmm. up. Yeah, he has their very strange hair powers where, like, it's very, sin- like, speaking of Mortal Kombat references, it's very Sindel of that fighter where the hair is strong enough and strong enough uh, to actually yeah. grab people. And throw him and everything. Yeah, so it's, it's really cool, actually. <laughs> what he mm, does with his, his hair powers. Yeah, it's a little crazy though, because it's like the hair. It's not instead of like one solid hair piece, like Sindel. It's more like an octopus, where it's like different limbs. Yeah. So when he's fighting one on one, like against Nami first and then Chopper, it's very easy for him to get an edge because he just has so many different angles he can attack from. But then we get this, like I said, he survives the ultimate, the super that Chopper tries to land on him, and he gets right back up. And you're thinking, oh, shoot, Chopper's done for at this point. Chopper even himself is thinking, like, I cannot get out of this. So you're thinking at this point, okay, so someone else comes in, right? The, the switcheroo kind of thing, the, right. the you know, tag in, tag out system. Instead, it brings up this little flashback. We see Kira again, where the reports of, like, Chopper like going on a rampage going nuts and it was because he was testing a theory of like he has a limit to the rumble balls he eats to give him like this power boost where i didn't know this in the past because i always thought he just ate one and that was it but he ate a second one at some point and then in the at this point in the fight he eats a third and we learned that if you eat a third rumble ball you're out of control like you're on literally hulk mode at this point and we see this great double panel of great shadow drawings, by the way, of just emphasizing the, the, the size, the colossus look of yeah. Chopper. And he looks eerie. He looks scary. He has no pupils, no eyes. He's super tall and lanky and straight up like be- like beast, like full beast mode where, sorry for the you know reference there, but he goes full beast <laughs> mode yeah. where... That was a very he goes all like, out. Panel, I mm-hmm. agree. And obviously he wins the fight against Kumadori through brute force, because obviously, you know, the hair is great for getting different angles, but against that much brute force, ain't gonna do jack shit. And but the great thing about this transformation was we lo- we know literally that okay, you eat three rumble balls, you turn into this Hulk figure, but you're also hostile to everyone, not just opponents because throughout these other fights that are going on he interferes in some way or another to some of them and even turning the tides in favor of the straw hats but other points you're like okay wait dude you need to chill um where he's constantly interfering and that's actually a good segue into this the what i have next is nami versus khalifa where about halfway through this fight we see chopper barging into this fight in the hulk form and literally um 
changing the flow because for the first flow first half nami is getting like destroyed in terms of like matchups but i think what i want to start over though because i want to get that segue in i didn't really like nami versus khalifa um that's fair it's yeah so and i'm saying this as a big nami fan everyone knows i am a kind of a small fan of nami but this at, at first when i first read this i did not like this fight at all the first time reading through it, I'm just thinking like, is this just Alabasta all over again, but wrong for the different reasons? Ugh, God damn it. Second time through, I'm thinking, okay, I think I know what's wrong with this fight. It's the it's the pacing, and that's mainly be- all because of that first half. As soon as Chopper barges in and interferes and changes the pace of the fight, the fight picks up and it becomes as good as the other fights, if not a little less good. Yeah, right? I like, I like the conclusion, like when they're actually, you know, fighting. Yeah, I the last two a, chapters. I don't really care for the, the fluff building up. It's kind of, it yes. reminds me of the party favorist from Alabasta, you know, when she's mm. fighting this double finger. It's a very yeah, similar she... kind of frivolous actions that taking place between her and her opponent that they have no real stake they're not really attacking they're kind of just talking and throwing out like weak attacks you know mm-hmm. for a really long time in the fight probably like 60 yeah. percent of the fight and then they actually start fighting and it ends pretty quick yes but the weirdest thing again because again that first half is where i have all my gripes my complaints the 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 start to Nami versus Khalifa happens first off because originally it was supposed to be Sanji versus Khalifa. We, and we know that. Sanji. Not gonna happen. He's back to his old ways. Unfortunately, he's back to his old ways. He just can't hit a woman, right? So I literally, it. he. My respect. What was that? I respect it. <laughs> Apparently, so does Nami, and there was actually this uh, weird line where, like, Sanji's like it looks like he's like dolled up because it's an after effect of Khalifa's soap powers. And he goes, no matter what, I can't hit a woman. And then Nami goes, I respect that. And I'm thinking, wait, really? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I get this is like early 2000s, mid 2000s logic right now, or like you know social norms, where it's great to be chivalrous. But I'm thinking, dude, Khalifa is responsible for all this shit going on right now. Like, she's one of the CP9 agents. Don't hold back, dude. It's well, again my complaint with Sanji, where I wish this turns into a negative rather than this being seen as a positive where oh haha he's chivalrous so don't worry i'll take care of it i don't know maybe i'm alone on this i think mm, i think i'm in the middle like not Mm. not really in the middle but i have mixed opinions like here i think it is at least implied kind of shown to be a weakness and that this a little bit kind of needs to get her face kicked in and you just literally cannot do it and which yeah, I do respect that, like he's has his own code and sticks to it. I don't agree yeah. with his ideals necessarily, yeah. but you know. Yes, I think my issue with it is the presentation because if that moment happened where he just literally goes, "I cannot hit a woman," and Nami is also like annoyed by this, like I was, where I'm just like, "Dude, she's the enemy. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you can't get the key and save Robin. You know, the other girl you like." And instead, Nami sees this as like a like a little positive thing about him, where he's like, "Oh, you're so kind," or like, "Oh, you're too nice," or something like that, and then takes over. And I'm just thinking, like, I think it would have been better if it was seen as a negative rather than as like overly positive that it's I endearing. Think Nami was frustrated, but she at first she understands. She was like, it's like it's yeah. kind of where we're at actually. Like, I'm like, oh my god, dude, 
I know you're not gonna fight her, but why, I wish you would. <laughs> you know, I really yeah. wish you would. You're making this hard I on guess. everyone. I guess, but okay. So either way, that aside, where Sanji can't fight and he's like down in the dumps a little bit, quite literally because he can't move. This is like I I told you this. Uh, I think pre-recording last time. I think where this happens like two pages after the chopper reveal of like his monster Hulk form, where you're like. Going, Oh shit, this is actually quite scary. Oh my gosh. Two pages later, we get this strange transition. So again, the transition is that Nami is going to take care of Khalifa now, right? Because Sanji can't fight. So yeah. it looks like they're equaling out. But then the fight starts, or I guess resumes, where Nami is on her side after I guess she took a hit. And Khalifa is just bathing for fan service reasons, I guess. I don't know. I it's very strange because this is two chapter, two chapter, two probably two pages. Did that? No, after. that was before. That was no, before. I looked back. I looked back really? twice. This, she goes back this... into the bath. No, so the she doesn't get in the bath first. When she's with Sanji, they just drink tea. They're just hanging out, right? Because she's just you know using her feminine wiles. Right, but to... okay, wait. So my impression of this scene, right? Sanji uh-huh. gets wrecked. No bath. Nami yeah, arrives. No bath. <laughs> she's she's in the bath. And then she gets out Khalifa's of the bath. Khalifa's in the bath. Right, right. Khalifa's in the bath. Khalifa gets out of the bath, yeah. gets dressed while Nami is on the ground because she got her feet yeah. soaked. She can't stand. And then mm-hmm. they do a brief discussion, skirmish, you know, as Nami does for yeah. maybe a chapter or less. And then and then Chopper busts down the wall. Yeah, so sorry. And then when I think I was talking about the, the Chopper reveal. Yeah, sorry. When I was talking about the Chopper reveal, I was talking about when he was still fighting Kumadori. So when he's oh, fighting Kumadori okay. still. Okay, that's I misunderstood. Yeah, the, yeah, so usually Oda is very good with the pacing and transitions between fights. This was the one part where I was like, wait, why are we transitioning now? Right? Because we we're just seeing Chopper for the first time in this Hulk form. Yeah. And then two chap two, sorry, I keep saying chapter, sorry. Two pages later, we see this fan service scene where she's slowly getting dressed, she's putting on right. the, the fish nets because she's the Dominatrix hot secretary. And I'm just thinking, like, why she's like a right mix now? between between that and a really dumb airhead, which I kind of thought. Yeah, I like I thought that was funny, but continue. Please. Yeah, that was funny when it happens. Again, that's in the second half. Again, because this is after when uh, Chopper interferes with the fight. Literally, again, Mike mm-hmm. Rice with this fight is the first half where yeah. the pacing seems wrong, and I'll be the one to admit when with fan service in series, I don't mind fan service if it's properly timed. Right? There's a time and place for little things like that. I'll be going okay. I'm, yeah, I'm basically the same. Like, I don't care. I don't care for yeah. it most of the time. But if, it <laughs> like, show, has, if show it's going to be there, you know, when they're at the beach is probably the time to do that. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. The time and place, right? Where you're showing off the fan service, right? It, it instantly rile up the waifu wars, right? But the time and place, right? Yeah. And we're having, like, the side character CP9 agent, and she's doing this act in front of Nami where it's like, would this be, have been more effective if she did that to Sanji? But then I'm just thinking, well, it worked regardless because he lost anyway. So either way, the tone and pacing is all over the place for the first half that I'm not a fan of. But after Chopper's interference... Oh, wait. So another part is the whole time we get the first reveal, right? She very quickly, after that weird fan service scene, she she reveals, oh, it's Bubbles. She had the soap, soap, devil fruit, which I imagine tasted fucking awful. (laughs) But, they all supposedly do, which is interesting. Yeah, but I'm imagining the soap soap one is literally just a bar of soap. <laughs> it's just literally yeah. a bar of soap. <laughs> Honestly, I would I would actually stop 
If someone's like, mm-hmm. even if I'm in her situation, right? Like it's a devil fruit. I know it's a devil fruit. If I take a uh-huh. bite out of it, the first bite, like you saw the size of that thing, right? Yeah. And if it is the taste and even texture of soap, I would rather just not even finish and get the powers. I would, I would just stop eating it. I'd be like, <laughs> no, it's not happening, dog. I'm okay. Not, I'm tapping out. A side of note, because you brought out something. Side note: Do you have to eat the whole fruit to get the okay, powers? Yeah, I will. I believe there has been uh, an SBS answer in which he said, no, you do not have to eat the whole thing. So maybe that so, first bite would be all it would take. All it takes is one bite then. Okay. So if you want a whole army of soap, soap soldiers, you, you spread out like little well, bits and pieces of the fruit. Or does it matter the how much theory, you eat, right? I think the theory is that whoever takes the first bite gets the power and then it just becomes a normal, disgusting fruit. Oh, uh, okay. I don't, you can't, I, there's, as of yet, I will say there has never been any two characters with the same power. So we don't know if that, okay. that's how it works. Because I was one, yeah, because I was wondering that if you could split the fruit amongst several people and then because you split it up, they each have a, a fraction of that power rather than like the yeah, full power. I would say right? unconfirmed. Yeah, still unconfirmed, actually. So, <laughs> all right, I'll keep that, I'll keep that fan theory in my head then. But either yeah, way, it's because devil fruits are more rare mm-hmm. in the series, obviously, than devil fruit users. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't mm-hmm. get to see like what's going on, like how people find devil fruits or eat devil fruits often. So, mm hmm. Yeah, so I guess to end off that weird first half of that arc, to go back to what we were talking about, is we see Khalifa's ultimate, her super, and it's straight up just a fan service move where she's just rubbing Nami all over. We get like these close up, like, look at Nami's boobies being rubbed. It's look at the Mm -hmm. abdomen. I'm just like, all right, I get it. I get it. Whatever. And then she turns into like this little doll form where it's like, oh, you have no pores, you have no uh, like flaws at all because I basically scrubbed you clean. And you're just like, okay. That actually kind of makes sense. Whatever. It looks kind of funny, too. But mm-hmm. once Chopper barges in, he uplifts the bath that Khalifa was taking. Like, I get this is ultimately the reason why she was taking the bath, right? For this scene to happen, where he uplifts the bath, kind of soaks the room a little bit, and drops all the water on Sanji below, right? Because right? we learned that water cancels out the soap powers. Makes so sense. that's also. Yeah, so if you're looking at it from a structure point of view, Okay, this is why Khalifa's bathing at this point to mock Nami, because we have to set up the fact that we need a, a water source here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that could have been better, but at least it went somewhere. There's so many nowhere. other ways you could have got a water source there, you know? Like, you're you're in, you're on an island. <laughs> Infinite but, number of ways, literally, to yeah. get any kind of water source that you would want, but it's fine. Yeah. Obviously, Khalifa's mm-hmm. hot. I'm not going to say she's not but yeah exactly again it's, it's the timing, timing of everything it's right timing. it's the timing yeah. fishnets are hot but it's the timing um i think the worst part about this was as soon as i saw khalifa had soap powers i'm thinking oh make a storm wind float away nami wind nami wind nami <laughs> like i'm just i was actually getting frustrated because the intelligent nami was figuring out what to do and i'm like okay even if you don't know exactly how the powers work once your first gut instinct with a uh, electra attack, uh, sorry, uh, what's it called again? Sorry. <laughs> when? Oh, climb attack. Climb attack. Thank you. Sorry, I wanted to say staff attack. Uh, climb attack that can literally control weather. And I'm thinking, oh, be an airbender temporarily and just blow the bubbles out, and and then find out later if yeah. the bubbles are actually lighter than you're used to or not. Right. Um. So that was my gut instinct, and she never did that. And then Chopper comes around, and then it's like, oh, then it hits her, make wind, but then she can't grip her at climate. Again, like little things like that where I'm like, 
that little frustrated a little me because me as a reader, I'm like, oh, wind. Wind beats soap. Easy. But or sorry, I fe- bubbles. I just wish Nami was a little cooler in her fights. Nope, no you pun know? intended. Yeah. 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 I wish it was like cooler. Yeah, I will admit the fights, both fights actually for Nami is that they're kind of 0 for 2 right now. But at the very end, she does have the cool moment where, like, Alabasta, the coolest part, where she was throwing off the Mirage tempo for the first time. And she was just nonchalantly dodging these puncture attack, puncture attacks. That was really cool. And then in this case, we see her doing, like, a Pokemon strategy where she's doing double team. And she's, like, pretending to do, like, the gust of wind that she finally does. And then there's a clever little moment where Khalifa is actually seeing, okay, where is the hole? Oh, this copy made the hole, therefore that's the real one. So it gives you that fake out that, oh, Nami's done for. But the, the whole time she was charging up her, her, you know, her thunder attack after she mm-hmm. used Rain Dance. Again, it turned into a Pokemon battle at the end, but I was fine with it. Um, and we had that great two-panel shot of Nami holding the, the climb attack in the precise location where the storm was forming. And so the lightning rod formed and she was struck. Which was Nami Nami just needs like a Rocky writing her fights. <laughs> you know, like giving input. Mm-hmm. Which is the JoJo just... guy. She just she in other words, I, I don't really obviously Oda doesn't need anyone's freaking advice, obviously, but she needs that kind of like basically how this fight went at the end, why can't that just be the whole damn fight? Like she that's fights what, that's what I'm saying. is yeah. what needs to be featured prominently and she should be using the climb attacks in interesting and unique ways mm-hmm. to, use to gain clever, the advantage. Use brains. Right? Yep. But it's yeah. rarely so like you... how it actually goes down. And usually it's just... I mean, it usually is a trick win, but it's not quite satisfying yet. Yeah, that's that's why I was saying that upon second going through with my notes, I was saying the first half of the fight, if you cut that out, then then the fight's pretty good, right? It's not yeah. the best, but it's pretty good because yeah. you're yeah, like, okay, it, right it away she goes, oh, I need to use wind and I can't use it because my hands are fucked up right now. So... Like, it's still, I would still say, like, if you're saying a yay or a nay, I'll still say nay on this fight. But, yeah, just, yeah. You, yeah, unfortunately. Just a bit more creative with Nami. And it's great when she's confident. That's always the best part. And this one, it felt like she was constantly on her toes. Or, you know, being challenged, but in a positive way where she's like, okay, I, there's a lot going on right now. Let me do, like, these five things at once. And it only seemed to occur at the very end when she was doing, like, you know, three or two things at once. But, yeah. Hopefully they improve later on, but I'm going to say nay on this fight, unfortunately. Sorry, Nami. But that's fair. Got to call out when it's got to call it out. Um, call it how we see it. Yeah. Um, the last of the key fights is the one I have the fewest notes for, except for like one new attack. Because, that we see. because it was so fast. This fight's like it was, a, it, two chapters. It is. I think it's like one and a half, if not one chapter. Yeah, it's really because short. <laughs> Yeah, oh, sorry. For, by the way, this is Sanji versus Jabra for the number one key. Jabra and got wrecked. Yeah, he did. So, <laughs> Jabra's exposure for the most of this arc is he's constantly beating up Sniper King because he's fooling Sniper King. You know, he's the boy who cried wolf kind of joke. And he gets a couple clean hits in, and Sanji reappears because he got soaked by the bathwater that Chopper uh, appended. Right. And he goes, yeah, let me take care of this. And he literally takes care of it. He tells Sniper King to go and try and catch up, you know, tr- try and catch up to um, Robin while he takes care of Jabra. And Jabra literally tries to do the same trick to, to Sanji, but I guess because he's a dude and not a girl, Sanji just does not fall for it at all. He says it's because, you know, 
the boy who cried wolf but i'm also like sanji i don't think sanji was there <laughs> for the first two times i don't know no. but honestly so, i know, just don't think sanji cared He's yeah, like, he didn't I, care. I'm just gonna beat this guy up the second. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, look I, away. That was like, his, I'm not yeah, that was any his, chances. Yeah, that was his attempt at a one liner. Yeah, um, he does have a pretty cool ultimate attack. I didn't write down the name, but isn't it like Diablo something? Diablo like Jambe. Yeah, so yeah. that was actually really cool. Where like, he literally twirls like Chun Li, but he's keeping his foot on the ground, so it heats up his foot. And I'm thinking, like, anime logic, this makes perfect sense, right? Oh, friction, you want to heat up your foot by spinning really fast. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. So, and he does it twice on Jabra. First time it was a, a test hit, and the second time was he got him opened up and vulnerable. The fight's actually really fast-paced and well done. So I give this a plus, where I'm like, yeah, it was very quick, to the point, and that's it. Yeah. It wasn't a Honestly, I was really, good. I was really hyped, like, the first time I saw it, especially... Because we did get the no for Sanji here because okay. we did get like their their quote unquote little like government power level system levels right earlier and we know that okay. this guy and Kaku are pretty much the same strength. Gotcha. Okay, so you reminded me about that. So that's a running theme in Shonen, right? Or at least it feels like it is. But yeah, I think in Dragon Ball Z it became popular. Where the villains, not the heroes, the villains will always have a very clear power level structure. <laughs> yeah, where like, or ranking, you know, like oh, this yeah, is exactly. My, like they'll be ranking Luchi's powers or something. Four thousand. Like, you couldn't even <laughs> defeat my pawns. You know, like there's yeah. always some kind of hierarchical structure. Yeah. Yeah, and they give you a literal number, a visual indicator. Um, and the Straw Hats have gotten this, or at least Luffy and Zoro have. Where they have a bounty system, but we both we both know that it's based on the crimes they've committed and the threat they appear to the government, and it's like it's timely, right? It's not like like what uh, Fukuro did at the spot where he's like, L "I want all of you to punch me right now." Okay, here are your power yeah. levels, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this is classic shonen villain stuff." Okay, I, but at first glance, I'm like, "Oh, they'll make this a thing." But you know, I, realized, I've got a, I do actually have a nitpick that you, I kind of just realized it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I assume, let's assume you have, you have to punch at full strength, punch Fukuro, right? In his full strength in order for him to full test strength. your strength, obviously, right? Test your might. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that punch from Luchi didn't fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> How exactly. did he survive the hits back-to-back -back hit from Jabra, a full strength hit yeah. from Kaku, and a full hit from Luchi, but a couple of punches from Frankie, no offense, Frankie, takes mm -hmm. him out. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, they had that. They had that punching contest earlier where they're just like, "Oh, I'm super high defense and low attack." So I guess that's supposed to be a Fukuro's thing, where that's why his power level is lower. Where he's like, attack wise, I have the basic CP nine attacks, but my defense is where I excel at, where I can float around. Like I'm really good at moonwalking and iron body, I guess. But Frankie yeah, took him out. Hey, Fra Frankie's strong. He, 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 he is, but he is a cyborg, Justin. Don't you talk shit about him, okay? Did Frankie ever <laughs> like break through anyone else's iron body, or did Fukuro uh No, he didn't. Um, the ones that, we, yeah, the ones that do are basically uh, Zoro, Sanji, and Luffy. I think. Yeah, they're the they're ones like, actually. I don't. I don't give a crap about your iron body. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm strong enough where I can still hurt you. Uh, I hurt myself, but I can still hurt you. And then right. Frankie just has a cyborg body, so he doesn't feel the pain, so he can punch as hard as he can. But I, I give that excuse to Frankie. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm not blaming Frankie for this, okay? I'm blaming, blaming Fukuro 
for being inconsistent. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll allow it, is what I'll say. <laughs> I'll allow it this time. So what are your um, thoughts on the final Luchi and Luffy fight? I thought it was fantastic. This was easily the best fight in the arc. Um, I agree. It has even little phases where the first phase is just like half a chapter where they're engaging each other. They're both in their base forms, but there's literally no dialogue. And what's I think I mentioned like in one of our very first episodes where I'm like, I know it's a classic trope to always have names for your attacks as you're constantly talking as you're fighting. But I I was always a fan of like ideological fights where you're talking while fighting, but not announcing your moves, right? Your supers. Right. I was not really a total fan of that. So I got a little bit of taste if One Piece had no dialogue at all when fighting for that first portion, right? That first 10 pages. Right. And it was so great. Where literally Luffy's trading a blow. Luffy, uh, Luchi's moving around. He's trading blows. Luffy's yeah. maneuvering with his rubber powers. Like, it was just such a spectacle to look at, even on the manga. It was, so, it was um, phenomenal. Like, I think it was Zoro versus 100 Bounty Hunters level awesome action. Like, yeah, handling I, and everything throughout this scene. Personally, I still prefer that Zoro fight because it was just so much fun of him moving around scene to scene. But this, in terms yeah, of, like, this is, fighting this is in the the one room. comparable, I think. Like, yeah, exactly. So how this, easy the action is to follow and just the, the quality of yeah. it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The flow, even though it's in one room with a couple of boxes here and there or some debris, it was easy to follow. And you could tell because these two, like, there's no exchanging words with each other. They know they hate each other at this point where Lucci has this <laughs> admittedly very cringy dark justice appear uh, approach where he's like, I can do what I want because it's in the name of the government, even if it means murdering anyone I want. Dark right. justice. I'm just like, all right, Lucci, calm the hell down. <laughs> all right, Slade. <laughs> right. Um but obviously Luffy doesn't talk back because he's not going to get through this guy. This guy is in the way between him and rescuing Robin. Um, which, again, we'll get to in a bit. I just want to cover these fights real quick. And this Luchi-Luffy fight was actually really great because I feel like it was in three phases. Um, with a minor complaint I had, which was the transformations that Luffy got spontaneously, which happened early in the arc, so it didn't hit as bad. Uh -huh. But I'm more of a fan of... If you're going to get a, transfer, a new transformation or a new power-up, at least hint it earlier in the series and make it more obvious if you're going to make it this fast. Because quite literally, it was, okay, Water 7 happens. They get their asses kicked, both he and Zoro. And then this arc, okay, the power level we just established, CP9 is really strong. Okay, we're going to give Luffy this transformation. So the part that I really dislike about this is it really does feel like it's out of nowhere. There is no hint. There's no buildup. There's no classic tropey montage sequence where he discovers it. Mm -hmm. And that being said, I do like the transformations. It's very Kaioken. It's very yeah. Dragon Ball Z where it gives you a very insane power up, but you're going to feel it when you're done. Or if you go into it for too long, you will almost quite literally die. Because you're straining your body. And I think you mentioned it to me where the higher gear Luffy's in, it's basically constricting his body parts so that you can uh, you can heighten the blood flow, right? Is that the idea? So you move faster? Gear but obviously you're, you're, yeah, he's like pumping yeah. his blood, increasing his blood flow for like, kind of like doping. He's like blood doping, basically, himself. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you're using the the rubber parts of his body so that he can squeeze certain limbs so he can move a little faster. Blood flow is very risky, higher war, higher risk. Um, and then uh, third gear, which is basically like that same logic, but to the extreme, where <laughs> yeah. his body parts will literally grow massive, and he will do like the crazy like you know punch through the building where you just see a giant fist breaking through on the side, and everyone's like watching, like what the hell is that? <laughs> Um, but again, there is a downside and that is I, at least with third gear, I think you mentioned this in third gear, he literally turns into like a little tiny baby, yeah, like a tiny like a baby size, a chibi. Luffy. Yeah. Chibi. Yeah, exactly. Chibi little Luffy where I think his straw hat shrunk with him. I think, I don't know. All I, of I his thought this did. Yeah. So like, like Kaka got the shit end of the deal, right? He got the double fruit that didn't transform with his clothes, but Luffy did. <laughs> Kaku's um, clothes transform with this fruit too. No, well, in fact, he, he, all clothes throughout the entire series have always transformed with every devil fruit user, including but not Kaku. Chopper's hat, Kaku's suit. It didn't rip off when he turned into a square. It didn't rip off, but it definitely didn't fit because you could still see his bare belly. Because that's what was so funny about it. It was he looked so silly because <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't have a limit to how far it could stretch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had a limit to how far it can stretch. But Oda's um, general, his rule of thumb is that Devil Fruit powers affect clothes because he doesn't want a bunch of naked people in a story. Yeah, that makes so sense. That, that's it. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's comic book logic. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, And then, again, with Luchi uh, meeting... Oh, so right when L Luffy goes into second gear, when, you know, again, the tag team system, Frankie shows up, and then Luffy goes, I don't want your help fighting this guy. I want you to go and rescue Robin. Mm -hmm. So... And then you see Luchi going to his leopard form and then Luchi going to second gear. And even though, they, like I said, the transformations uh, do appear out of nowhere, but it still does a good job making you feel tense, which is like, again, I'm thinking of like the classic Goku versus Vegeta fight in Dragon Ball Z, the first time they fight, where Goku is trying to balance his Kaioken and uh -huh. he's pushing himself further and further because he needs to match Vegeta's power. In this case, Luffy is extending how far he can be in these higher gears with Luchi. Because these guys are fucking strong, but I need to push myself to my limit to even get a you know an edge on this guy. And we yeah. see multiple moments like that throughout this fight where, yeah, Luchi gets the edge on Luffy. It's unfortunate that their names are very similar. Sorry if I mix up the names. Yeah, Luffy and Luchi, yeah. If um, it's intentional also, you know, then somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like there's a great moment where like he's doing like his his like one inch punches, Luchi on luffy and despite being in like in second gear it's tearing him apart because his you know his body flow is going to other parts of his body so he's getting direct blows but he's still getting back up he's still fighting and then to close it all off we get that classic um the you know the jojo oro 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 fight where they're doing that the gatling punch kind i of think thing. we're at the 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 build-up or the lead-up to that where he's about to fall and he catches himself is I think mm. one of my favorite Luffy like battle moments. Oh, uh, probably is oh, yeah. actually probably my favorite moment so far in the whole series. When nice. he like he catches himself, he's like, because you know, like I said, I'm not gonna fall again, and I meant it. And then mm -hmm. he does the ora 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 basically, and I really loved that. That was like such a great display and showcase of Luffy's willpower, which is arguably his strongest weapon. Yeah, it's a, it's a consistent trope within this series that I have still I'm not tired of. Like this is one of those great parts where I'm like, no, whenever it happens, it's a great moment. It keeps the momentum going. Um, for the most part, we 
got the main fights covered. And I think now we can cover real quick, like small little details that happened throughout, because obviously we haven't talked about Robin at all. I've got in this something, moment. Right. Uh, I was going to go straight to our boy, uh, Sniper King, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, but I'll get to that in a moment where just real quick, I wanted to mention how uh, it's such a, I know we talked about, cause this is, let's be honest. This is Robin's arc. She's not completely. fighting in these fights, but this is completely Robin's arc. And that's such a 180 on her character that I fucking loved so much. I knew it. I was going to say, I bet I can steal the words out of your mouth right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where Spandom, the motherfucker Spandom, is just mocking her all the time, being cruel. Where any little, But every little moment that she has to buy some time for the Straw Hats to get her out, she takes it. Like, they're on the stairs, and she's yes. trying to you know run down the stairs real quick. But it doesn't work out too well. They get to the bridge and she's straight up like getting punched because she's refusing to go along. And then she's biting the edge of the bridge mm-hmm. to just buy a few on more seconds. Jaws. It's such a 180 from before where she was accepting her fate to die or to be a slave to the government. But then the moment where Spandam goes full cruel mode and like, you know, holds her up by her hair and going like, I'm Spandine's son and I'm going to finish the job he started and I'm going to make sure you die. And then Robin screams, I'm still alive. And I'm just like, oh, breach. <laughs> Such a little moment. In I was going to say the exact same thing. Literally, I love I'm, seeing Robin like showing that she wants to live, basically. Yeah, this complete 180 to her character. But it, again, it makes sense because she's, she's making this risk, quote unquote, this little dream that she has. And I fucking loved it so much. Um, and then, yeah. Right when we get around to the same think. time, oh yeah, when uh-huh. we're running away from these Marines, suddenly mm-hmm. the Marines begin to fall onto the ground. And this was after, no of course, why. when Spandam gets headshotted by mm-hmm. the all love and Crary Soga King, Sniper King, from Dude. the top of oh the my. tower. <laughs> I, love, I love that scene when they, like the Marines start just wigging out. Because there's like a yeah, brief like, second where you're like, you're where like, what's going on? Did Frankie arrive what's in go- time? Like, is Frankie showing up? You know, what's going on? Yeah. And they're like, we don't get it. Like, and someone's like, wait, like, there's there's a, someone on top of the Tower of Law? And it just zooms and, in, like, on our boy Usopp with his hand to the sky. Sniper King. Sniper King. <laughs> well, uh, what did I say? It, it was Sniper King. Uh, at yeah, this it's point. the nose, so man. I call Kaku Usopp all the time, too. Yeah, yeah of course. Freaking Sniper it's King, man. Sense. So, he's like... I noticed in the anime, in that scene, he's, like, singing his own theme song. Like, the theme song okay, that they so, gave him. Which yeah, is great. so yeah. you mentioned that, and I missed it the first time, but he actually does sing it in the manga, too. It's right. very tiny text. So but, he, yeah, I'm guessing in the anime, they drag it out a bit more. <laughs> not really. It kind of is the same thing. He's just kind of, like, he's kind of half singing, like, humming it to oh, himself, yeah, okay. like, while he's sniping. And it's yeah, just a really, but, really nice touch by both, like, Oda, and I really like this scene. As they did in the yeah. anime too. It was also to add on to it, like we're we're joking around about Usopp Sniper King here, but this was always what I wanted with Usopp in terms of combat with bigger with more enemies, is I want him to literally lay back and provide artillery support because he's got like all these different ammo types that could really help out. Cause obviously people like Zoro don't want the help, but people like Nami could definitely could use the help or Chopper don't mind. So he could literally do artillery support. And then we're literally seeing how far and how effective he can be. Where he's literally landing double headshots on Spandam with fire stars, and I'm just going, like, do and he, more, he please, is safe. Do more. He is completely <laughs> safe in the area that he's at, and he's still affecting the outcome of and, this whole mission. Like, in a very, and this very was strong. 
And this was after he took a couple of major blows from uh, Jagra as well. So he's not like in perfect shape either, but he's still landing these incredible headshots. So, yeah, and I that gives enough time. Soga King sniped. He's, he's the sniper king for a reason. That's all we can say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the chapter was about the stuff of legends or something like that. I forgot the name of the title of the chapter, but you're thinking because this is when Spandam is like, I will become a legend by completing by, you know, bringing Robin in. So you're thinking, yeah. oh, the chapter is talking about Spandam. But uh-uh, I'm looking at Sniper mm-hmm. King over there Only going, oh, he's the legend. Chapter, <laughs> <laughs> the legend of Sniper King. And that buys enough time for Frankie to catch up. He has the keys. One of them fits. Robin's free. And now we got Sniper King, Frankie, and Robin defending themselves against the Marines on the bridge. All while the buster call was accidentally made by... Oh, God. Yeah, we've had to wrench that real quick. Yeah. So, during the moments of <laughs> Robin, you know, trying to uh, oppose Spandam and escape, there's a moment where he's trying to talk to, like, Marines for updates. He doesn't realize he accidentally clicked the fucking golden transponder, which calls in the buster call. And so... But he's but Robin's like, are trying to issue a warning of, like, the buster call's been issued. Get the hell out of here. But while this is going on, we see like the five admirals suiting up and all the, the 10 warships getting out here. So mm-hmm. while these three are defending themselves, now we have the 10 warships just repeating what happened at Ohara and just flattening Eni's lobby. It's just yeah. unloading on it. That's like while, while, separa- while Luffy is fighting, while Soga King is sniping, like while everything's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a little satisfying moment where Robin slaps the fuck out of Spandam. I had much, much enjoyment from that. I felt so good after that. That was that's the best just... Usopp feed is when he sniped the bag of keys. Like, like look beside your feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the keys <laughs> exactly. are just right there, and Frankie's like, "Oh, dope." <laughs> yeah, Sniper, Sniper King was in complete control of that moment. Like he yep. just knew exactly what he wanted to do, and it all worked out perfectly in his head. Um, Shout out to Sanji for basically telling him to snipe. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, exactly. You're to a, support, you're a sniper. Do what you can do and go snipe some shit. I'll fight yeah, this I'll get, guy. You snipe. I guess <laughs> I'll give Sanji props for that. Um, excuse me. And there was a little side moment that happens where the Straw Hats are reuniting, but the tunnel they're in is about to be flooded. But it doesn't. They they almost get flooded, but they get rescued by the the train. <laughs> the train conductor that the the series is telling us that she looks like a frog and the whole time i'm thinking no she looks like a train with the hat (laughs) but the frog idea was because she was actually a mermaid and it it blows sanji's mind because like wait you're a mermaid and you cannot be hot that's a possibility (laughs) i'm just like oh sanji oh sanji yes that's possible but yeah they they, yeah they get yeah, they get saved last minute, but I wanted to brush through that because that's a little thing. They get reunited, right? They're on the bridge. They find a boat that can possibly get them out of here because, after all, they're still in Eni's lobby, and now they're surrounded by the Buster Call fleet. And this is when things get a little interesting, where it's so fast-paced, but I had to keep note, is the soldiers, the Marines that are in this fleet, all have Villafruit powers. They all have yeah. insane powers. And I completely missed this the first time, but I want to ask you, because it looked like a big thing. Did Zoro lose one of his swords? He did indeed, yes. To the guy that had the rust power that touched okay, it. Okay, yeah. And the sword rusted immediately. 
Okay, yeah, because this was such a small panel. I missed it the first time because you know action's know, going on. You kind of just breeze through it a little sure bit. You caught it. Yeah, he down. Yeah, so I. But what sword was that? That wasn't the cursed sword, was it? The you know the one that mm, kills every user. I believe it was the Yubashiri. The yeah, the other he sword, got right? Given to him in Logetown by the guy. Like, yeah, he take. Yeah, he, he got. Right. Yeah, he got both like swords in Logtown, but yeah. I'm guessing it the wasn't his childhood sword. I don't yeah, think it wasn't because the cursed one was what was that Shusui? I really don't. Man, know. Again, they don't so say any words throughout this history. I forget how many like swords he's gone through. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> hey, I'm pretty well, sure those Yubashiri that got destroyed, which was okay. One yeah, of the so ones he I, got in Logtown, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure because I did notice that I'm thinking like, wait, okay, so if he lost a sword, was that like the third sword that we kind of know little about? Or was it like the actual cursed sword or even the childhood sword? Because it was such a small moment, but I'm like, yeah, it's a show off that these Marines they're fighting are the real deal. These are all like little mini bosses in one. And look how far the Straw Hats have gone. But while that's going on, we get to a little world building as well where these admirals are fucking cold. Where the Marines on the boat are like, are we... Sh- like, sir, are we supposed to be firing on Amy's lobby? Like, our troops, our people are still there. He immediately gets shot right yeah. away by the Admiral going, I don't want anyone questioning our orders at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, and with, like, no remorse, no regret. Just like, yeah, that's that's evil evil world government people, all right. But yeah, this, shit. <laughs> this arc is very illuminating to a little bit more of the nature of mm-hmm. that's there's like we we clearly know at this point that there's multiple types of world government people like marines and yeah. some of them are just oof Ugh. yeah you know i'm like, assuming wow. the yeah i'm assuming the higher rank you are or like the more prestigious your group is in like the buster call group you are like supposed to be like the most cold and distant and ruthless of the agents right because otherwise you wouldn't be a part of the the fleet that's responsible for laying genocide on people. Right. So yeah, you have to be something like some kind of qualification there. Right. Yeah. So for all we know, that Marine that was shot was also a cold blooded, like Nazi, but he was like, but these are our own people we're killing. We shouldn't be doing this, (laughs) but he's like, Like, wait a minute. We're killing killing each other now. I only want to kill them. (laughs) Yeah. The one human moment. Um, and we, we did skip over this real quick, but I wanted to, bring it up later rather than during the talk, but during the, the Lucci and um, Lucci and Luffy fight was it was before that last phase, that oral 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 part where Luffy looks like he's down for the count, right? He's on his back. And then while the chaos is going on, on the bridge, right? All the straw hats are fighting off the, the Marines. Uh, spoilers. Uh, Sniper King turns out to be Usopp. Well, unconfirmed. I, Usopp just I, I, appeared there, in my opinion. I, I didn't expect that. I don't know about you. <laughs> but he has this fantastic moment where he's just screaming, like, Luffy, get your ass up. And then <laughs> Luffy, of course, going, Usopp, you're here. And <laughs> Usopp immediately, he's going full rival mode at this point, which I love, going, I'm not here for you. I'm here to rescue Robin. But you over there, you're looking so sorry, you're looking so pathetic over there. Get your ass up and prove why you're a captain. Like, he doesn't say that word for word, but that's where, like, the vibe I got from that. Right. And I'm just, like, such a great moment to, like, push Luffy over the edge because it, yeah. it works. Luffy gets himself up. That was, like, the Rocky moment. and Sorry, Rocky Balboa moment. And gets himself up and gets that last exchange, which obviously pushes Luffy to the edge because after he beats Luchi with that final exchange, he literally cannot move. And he's just, like... No, my body's done. I'm literally at zero energy. 
right now. Yeah, or like why, why the rest of y'all ain't trying as hard as Luffy and Chopper? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your body can still move. You ain't done enough. Which is yeah, exactly. work with. That's why they're still fighting. Yeah. You know, and they know that. Zoro, you're not doing fighting. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Zoro, you gotta sacrifice more. Sacrifice your childhood like, sword. I said I'd be mad if they were just not fighting, but since they're they're all continuously fighting, it's fine. They're still exactly moving, you know? yeah like, exactly they move, exactly. They fight, so it's good. They're still being pushed. Um. But we get this last hectic moment where, like, the fleet is surrounding the Straw Hats. They blew up the boat, by the way. They were supposed to try and escape in. Try to being the, you know, the, the key word here. Mm-hmm. But they blew it up, and they're, the, the fire is getting closer and closer to the bridge, right? The lake, the suppressing fire from the boats, the can fire. And it's getting closer and closer. Luffy is still all the way where the Tower of Law is, like the remains of it, or like that one part of the warehouse or something. And they're asking Robin, can you get him? And she's like, no, if I do, the most, the, the farthest I can go is that he'll fall in the water or I'll get shot halfway through, right? I'll be exposed. Right. So all this tension going on. And then we get this crazy unexpected moment where I'll totally admit the first time reading through this, I did not like this moment at all the first time because I thought really? it was Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, so Deus Ex Machina, the first time. What? The first time okay, through. If you, I get that if you didn't like, I can see how you would interpret it as such. But yeah, you, because I'd say there's more than enough build up and you know foreshadowing. Yeah, I yeah. I'm the person. Yeah, I'm I prefer build up over flashbacks later to explain. But the flashbacks later do explain this a little bit better, and I'm going okay. It the the the, the pieces connected afterwards, right? People predicted that, bro. Like it's so insane. Okay. People I they did. had picked up in that. <laughs> yeah, me either. But looking yeah. back, I I've seen people that predicted it like before it happened. I was like I said, kind I of ex- up not too long. <laughs> I was expecting the the Frankie's family or the Galila. I expected them to just ride the train just straight through the bridge and they grab on or something. It's some bullshit like that, right? Where it's like, uh, oh, yeah. the people who were the pawns right. earlier are coming to rescue. Maybe something like that. But instead, what we get on, um, I will say the little buildup like in these pages was fantastic, though. It's just again the reveal itself. I'm like, really? But anyway, is when. Usopp hears a voice and it's coming from somewhere under. Zoro is like, what the hell are you talking about? Or I think it's along those lines, right? And Usopp's going, yeah. wait, no, it's coming from underwater. But then one after the other, the Straw Hats also hear it, right? They also hear the voice, right? Of like, get jump into the water, jump into the water. And Usopp and Chopper look down and apparently they see it because I think Nami asked Chopper, like, did you see it? And he goes, yes, I saw it. Yeah. And out from the water, after, you know, Robin does her thing, she pulls Luffy back, but makes him fall towards the open water right there, in that little so area in between. They all jump into the water. Out pops a repaired Merry-Go. Or a patched-up Merry-Go. The Merry-Go patched comes up. in. Clutch save. And, again, Go. first time going through this, I'll admit, I'm like, that seems a little far-fetched. Again, this is before I got to later chapters. But at this point, I'm like, eh, I'm not sure. But either way, <laughs> I loved the everything else about it, though, because Usopp was, like, crying, going, there's still one more shipmate we have to save, one more we have to reunite with. Yeah, and the Merigo pops up. Crewmate. Yeah, one good. more. Yeah, and that's true to Usopp's character. He always saw the Merigo as a crew member. We established this a lot during the Water 7 Part 1 or Part 2, where... Yeah, this is Usopp's perspective, 100%. And Spandom, at this point, just face is fully bruised and swelled. And I love that stupid look so he much. He deserves it like, so much. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> and he's like, and he's like, with the I would imagine he's like has a lisp because he can't talk because of the the swelling. He's just like fire, fire. Like he's trying to order the admirals to oh, fire yeah, on the new Mary Go, but they keep missing because there was a a clutch move by Sanji off screen where he pulled the lever again that the that Frankie's family pulled earlier to open those big double gates right that let in the fleet, and now they're closing again, which causes a whirlpool. Which allows them to maneuver and escape the can fire. With your um, friends, baby. Yeah. So, and through a series of events, I love this chapter where each straw hat has a little moment to shine in one chapter and they're all back on the merry go. First off, Robin fucking does the backbreaker move on Spandom before they peace out. And I'm just like, thank you, Oda. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because. <laughs> A little complaint I had with Arlong Park, I understand why, but for personal reasons, I still wish Nami had at least one double panel blow against Arlong at some point. I understand why she couldn't. The power level was too great, but I still wished. In this case, Robin's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm breaking your back. I don't care if Spandam never comes back because I think he will be a reoccurring villain. I don't care if he doesn't come back because at this point he's dead in my head canon and that's fine. <laughs> that is very fine. <laughs> very fine. That is very fine in my head. He got his back broken. Um, however, so while <laughs> Luffy still can't move, but Zoro and Sanji use Luffy like a, like a repellent when uh, like three cannonballs start firing at the same spot, <laughs> they spread out Luffy and use him <laughs> like as like a, a little yeah. net. Like and push them. the cannonballs back. <laughs> so Zoro and Luffy are using their muscle to help out. Luffy's still helping out, even though he can't move. Yep. Um, Nami finds the winning path. Like, she is the navigator. She finds the path. Uh, Chopper yeah, is Frankie, pulling the rudder. Like, run an interception on the cannonballs as well. Yep. And Robin. Frankie intercepting cannon and also giving the Merigo one final air boost, air burst of speed to push through the whirlpool. Yep. Because there's a whirlpool going on right now, pulling the ships in. And then... Usopp creates a smoke screen after the air cannon is fired. So they literally get off without a hitch. And yeah. it's like it truly a legendary boat, legendary team, all get out at once. It's fantastic. And then they get reunited with the, uh, they get found by iceberg. They yeah, actually, they yeah. Oh, right. So minor complaint here of the minor complaint mm-hmm. is they, they uh they did a little switcheroo trickery where they pretended that the uh, the Frankie's family and Galilee were all killed as part of the butcher call, and then we had like that great uh, yeah, uh, yeah. freakout panel it, with uh, Frankie because he thought he just lost his family. Did anyone really what? believe that though? They yeah, do. they got out. They yeah. all got out. No casualties. In fact, they got two more. They got the giants to help them out. Yes, yeah, so and they actually so, gained members. Yeah, they actually gained. So. Yeah, so I'm usually, I'm not a fan of this. I'm more of a fan of, like, no, if you want to kill off characters for storytelling, kill them off. Like, they're side characters, too. And this could this could potentially in the future help out with Frankie in terms of, like, dealing with loss and finding a new family. Right. Maybe the Straw Hats. I don't know. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, eh, it's not the focus of the arc. It didn't yeah. bother me that much. Um, it wasn't like a other series that I won't mention where it's like, oh, a key character should have died here, but they didn't. Oh, we're just going to kill him off later. Nonchalantly. Yeah, yeah I think you know what I'm talking about. But exactly. But so the reason why I'm now fine with the Merigo showing up is we finally get these moments where Iceberg catches up and like this beautiful pimped out ship. It's a beautiful galleon. I'm just like, 
Hey, can you? Hey, do you still got the money, guys? You can buy that ship off of him, maybe. That looks like a good ship. I don't know. They do and... not have the money. Just as an yeah, that's true. Record. Yeah, Frankie stole they it and it. spent it, and we don't know where. Oh where no! Remember, went. they still had. They still remember they still had a hundred thousand still. They still had the one. Oh, uh, that's it. right. That's right. They should still have. But that. I'm assuming it's lost on the merry go, right? Or it was lost. Wait, no. They, not, anyway, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Good around. point. So iceberg shows up. It finds them the straw hats. And the Straw Hats immediately are going, oh, hey, like, oh, hey, I recognize you guys. And the front third, like, the, the mast of the ship just completely breaks off and is barely hanging on by, like, the yeah. steel plates welded at the bottom. And you're going, oh, shit, that's right. This boat is still in shitty condition. And Luffy starts, you know, crying to Lu- Iceberg, you know, because now Luffy is back to where he was phase one, where Usopp was all the time, which was, hey, we can't leave without this ship. Iceberg, can you help us? Please fix this, right? Which makes perfect sense. Amerigo just yeah. fucking clutch, save them all. And Iceberg reveals, I did, to the best of my ability. When I found the ship washed off on the side of Water 7, the boat called to me. It talked to me. It spoke to me, which is a call back again to uh, Clubberman, the spirit. Cl- What's Clubberman, it? The name? yeah. That name is so long. Um, <laughs> Clubberman. German word, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he heard the spirit, too. And the boat was crying, please, I need to save my friends, please, one more, one more trip. And I'm just like, oh, one more. And Iceberg in the in the rain by himself showing off why he's CEO, right? He's, he didn't just get there because of his status. Like, no, he earned that spot. Yeah. He fixes the merry the best he can, like what the Straw Hats want him to do originally, but the best he could, right? And then they followed the ship as best they could to keep track, right? Because it could break any moment, and it did after the save. And then Iceberg informs the Straw Hats, I did literally everything I could. You can see the boat it's in right now. The best thing we can do is do the Frankie option, which is to burn it and make sure it doesn't, like, sink to the bottom of the sea where it's dark and lonely, right? Giving it, like, a persona, right? So, very tragic, but they eventually agree. And at first, it's acceptance, right? The Straw Hats light the merry-go on fire, and even Usopp, well, he has his mask back on, and so, goes <laughs> like this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Sniper King at this point. Usopp disappeared on a boat. Um, he goes, no, this is this is acceptance, right? The Merigo is at her limits. She's on her last breath. Like he accepted Frankie's perspective, right? And those, then those fights from Water Seven. He accepted the Frankie perspective, where it's like, no, she did her part, but we have to let her go now, right? So this mm-hmm. is a proper farewell. And they're having this great montage of moments where all these little memories, even like moments that weren't actually seen in the manga where like Zoro is just passing out on the head or um, veering the ship into an iceberg or something, little things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the part that completely caught me, I'm guessing everyone else off guard and immediately I felt the waterworks working is you hear the boat speak to everyone. I'm sorry. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, no. That one hurt. <laughs> and legit, I think this changed everything because I was completely on the perspective before with Luffy in the Water 7 arc, if you remember, where I saw this as a boat, right? It's a yeah. romanticized appeal that this boat has a persona, right? There's even a spirit that attaches itself to the boat, right? Because of the care put into it. And I accepted that. But I'm also thinking like Zoro and Luffy's perspective, where I'm like, it's done though. It's a tool. You need to get a new one or else you guys will die. A matter of fact approach, right? 
But this little moment immediately turned it into an object to, oh my God, this is an old yeller scene. <laughs> like the boat yeah. is a dog. It's a dog being put down. I'm just like, no. And I'm immediately the boat's yeah. going, I'm sorry. I wanted to carry you even farther. I'm sorry. I wanted to have more adventures with you. And then Luffy starts breaking down. Everyone starts breaking down in their own way. Yeah, pretty Luffy's Usopp, screaming, Nami, like Chopper, Luffy, you're like, Oh yeah, Usopp is uh, Usopp is a fountain at this point, right? He's trying to hide it behind his mask, but you could see the dehydration happening live. And yeah, Nami and Chopper and Luffy, like you said, are cheering up too. Even I actually think, Frankie uh, breaks really hard too, which Oh yeah, Frankie especially because like he understood from Usopp's uh, story yeah. earlier. Exactly. But Luffy starts adding on to this, you know, depression fest where he's going like, no, it's our fault. We're sorry. I'm a bad captain. I ram rammed you into an iceberg. Uh, Zoro, like he's doing the, the apology uh, montage, right? Where Zoro and Sanji are, they broke shit on purpose. Usopp was a terrible mechanic. We're sorry. We did this, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get that final farewell where it's the merry go goes, even so... I was happy. Thank you for caring about me. I was yeah. truly happy. And I'm just like, how the first time Oda, I read through this, I this? looked like Luffy and Usopp and freaking Nami. Like it hit me. It hit me very hard. Yeah, I, I I looked like I looked like Nami. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god. Because at this point, I had a, a few emotional moments in this series, but like Robin was the big one, right? Where I'm like, this is a very touching, tragic story. Yeah. But then the waterworks happened in like three or four pages or five pages for a boat that I dismissed last arc. And how does Oda do this? (laughs) Where just with a few words. He's so good at like recontextualizing, you know, the things that have already happened before. And then when you suddenly like understand or you learn something new that changes everything that happened before, it puts it all in a new light. Like this scene Mm -hmm. is just, it just, it was perfect. It is perfect. Yeah, every, every all the pieces lined up together where it's like all the arguments that Luffy, Usopp, and Frankie had with one one another to each other. And it turns out they were all right, right? It was a ship on its last legs. It needs to be replaced. It's also a living sentient being. We can't dismiss it like it's nothing. And then finally, we should properly put it down in the sense of we should burn it so that it doesn't sink to the bottom of the ocean, right? Yeah. I really I like and, the quote like if the bottom of the sea is dark and lonely we'll see you off mm-hmm. here <laughs> exactly so it was a sign of maturity of all the characters and also acceptance because it needs to be done but also we get this final farewell that we didn't know we needed or wanted but the ship finally saying you know I was truly happy thank you and with that final page I honestly feel like if this is a master epic this feels like the end to the first saga. The end of the merry go. I don't know yeah. if I'm. I can. I can. About that, I can but... see that now completely. Like the first like big saga, like maybe even consider it like the, the act f- one of One Piece in the three act structure, if you would. Is if possible. it's yeah possible, yeah. Because I'm still thinking the first hundred chapters were like your prologue, and then basically from uh, the end of Logtown to now, I feel like is the whole act one of the grand line saga <laughs> if, there, if right. it actually goes for even further beyond that but it really does feel like it and maybe it also felt like an end to a saga for me because we were on that hiatus for a long time and this was such a great wrap-up and conclusion to such a long and worthwhile wait 
for me personally. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, what a great way to end off this saga. What a great way to end this. So while I'm, you know, recovering and looking like Usopp over here in the bathroom or some shit going, <laughs> and, you know, hearing in the house, are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, th- and then I'm also thinking like, I'm crying over a boat. But I'm also thinking, no, you're crying over the merry-go. Mm-mm, not not just a boat. <laughs> the merry-go. God damn, what a great way to end this arc. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I love the Water 7 saga. I love any Blobby. I mean, uh, it's just great. It was phenomenal. Absolutely. It ends on, I mean, it's a high note, but it's also a low note with the merry, like that ending merry scene. Mm-hmm. Which is literally like the very last thing that we read because right after that we're going into the next post Annie's lobby arc. Yeah, and you told me it's supposed to be pretty short, but also filled with context. Filled lots with of content. Lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. All so right. next week we are reading the post Annie's lobby arc, chapters four thirty one to four forty one. Just those ten right. chapters. If you have, if you're further ahead in One Piece and you're just watching along and you just kind of want some more takes on stuff you know that it's, there's a lot there and if you're unaware you're just gonna have to trust me 10 chapters is gonna be short but we're gonna have a full-length episode guaranteed considering how long we talked about with some parts of water seven and the first half of this arc yeah i could definitely see that absolutely um oh are you curious of where my character stands are for this arc you know, let's My- just wait, actually. Let's just wait oh. and do it next arc, at the end, okay. post-Andy's Lobby. Instead, That's give fine. me a real quick, give me your power-up ranking between all four of our shonen guys. We got, literally, Luffy, Zoro, Sanji, and Chopper all, all got power-ups. And, oh, and, okay. and low-key, Usopp did, too, with his new weapon, but not yeah. quite the same. All right, so if that's the case, I, w- I want to say Zoro is at the bottom, just because, again, it was just gorilla arms and multiple arms, and I'm just thinking, okay, cool, Fair. next. Um, I want to say Sanji after, because at least he had more, like, oh, it's a comic book logic, it's fun. A little bit right? of explanation, yeah. A little bit, right. Um, I want to say... Luffy's afterwards because there was no explanation but hey at least there's a flaw and it's entertaining right yeah. uh then I want to say so number one chopper well, number one chopper but I haven't said Usopp's yet so I want to say Usopp number two and then chopper one oh, for okay. yeah because yeah that slingshot well, would you include Nami then support. with the, the perfect climb attack uh, Where would, you, would you squeeze her in I I almost I'm almost I I feel like I'm gonna put that unranked so because it's bottom, like yeah. I need I need more data I need okay, more evidence because okay, that was that was a bad fight. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's pretty uh pretty agreeable. And mm. I really liked learning kind of more about the Rumble Balls and just it kind of poses more questions too and just yeah it's good stuff monster mm. the monster thing was good I liked it. If other Devil Fruit users ate the Rumble Balls, what would it do to them? See questions. You're like, what is? Mm-hmm. What does the rumble ball do? Why does it work? Is it specific, Why is, it, is there a limit? Etc. Mm-hmm. Etc. These little drug enhancers are they specific for certain devil fruit power users, like the human human fruit, or is it devil fruit users in general? Does it yeah, vary? Like, we does it only work for zone type devil fruit for zones? Like, does it work on anything else? Mm-hmm. Logia, Paramecia? We have no idea. Who is best, girl? 
very, very important questions that this arc presented to us. <laughs> Robin, very important. In this arc, Robin, hands <laughs> down, Robin is best girl in this arc. I feel, yeah, this arc particularly definitely Robin because she got the characterization I wanted and much, much more, which is something I said for Nami as well back in Arlong Park. But Nami didn't have the best arc she ever had in this particular arc because again, she had a, another bad fight and. Mm-hmm. some questionable moments like again that during that fight where it's like wind wind use arrow yeah, I'm just <laughs> screaming right. at her come on but that's what i'm just thinking being like eh, just give it like an arc where they both shine equally then let's see who really stands out again very important questions world building and meta building as well all right so if people want to talk to you about some maybe some one piece stuff or maybe some my hero stuff other anime stuff where could they find mm-hmm. you with no one piece spoilers at all past this point <laughs> <laughs> with uh no one no one piece spoilers at all but you can feel free to share me my hero spoilers i'm completely caught up on that shit uh at jacob miranda on twitter uh, i occasionally share memes and gifs of sakuga clips and all that good jazz um God, i got myself distracted because i'm thinking that my hero chapter just came out this morning because we're recording on Oh, uh, really June twentieth, with a new chapter just dropped, and just like, oh, it's going places. But <laughs> we're talking about One Piece right now, One Piece, and I'm really excited to read the next ten chapters. But please, no spoilers. If you have spoiler related questions that maybe need to go through a filter or two, where can they find you, Justin? You can find me at Jitsu. That's J I T S Z U on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Pretty much anywhere that matters, Jitsu. J-I-T-S-Z-U. And yeah, you can talk to me. I'm gladly talk about anything One Piece related. Or if you want to know my takes on some things that we have not gotten to yet. And you just can't wait till we get there. I'll, I'll give them to you on Twitter and like private message or something. So thank you guys all for listening and tuning in. One more time. Next week, we're just reading the post Ennis lobby arc. 431 to 441. See you then. Fuck Spandam. <laughs>